When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah, Mm-mm. no, uh-uh. no, 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 no. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sixers post game live on the one and only Run It Back Philly. Thanks for tuning in after what we just watched. I got my guy Romp with me here. We're going to give our thoughts on what just happened in the Sixers versus Knicks game. Uh, make sure you hit the like button. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and other podcast platforms if you want these shows in audio format. And there's the phone number. I got it working this time. Last time I tried this, I had it routed wrong. The audio was doubling, but we're good now. I would like, we would like your thoughts on what happened also so there's the number, and it's pinned at the top of the chat, 4848318655. Call in and uh, give us your thoughts, and myself and Romp right here will uh, have a chat with you. So uh, I would appreciate, you know, participation if you're upset at what just happened or if you don't care, uh, give us your thoughts. Uh, Romp, what's good, my man? How you been? Um, I've been good. This game was pure trash it was it was tough to watch because the Knicks were like trying to let us back in it as much as possible and also like ever since they traded for OG like their lineups without Brunson are just terrible and tonight Deuce McBride went off in the first half and then in the second half we still couldn't win the minutes um with Brunson off the court so that was discouraging because all you got to do to beat the Knicks right now or stay with the Knicks is just, you know, keep even in the Brunson minutes. And then once Brunson goes to the bench, take over because their offense falls off a cliff. And tonight, they just allowed the Knicks to go off in the Brunson list minutes. And it's like, what are we doing here? Are you, are you trying to lose? Yeah, that's, dude, that's kind of how I felt about it. It felt like we were trying to lose. Um, I kept saying, you know, if there's going to be a team that blows a 22-point lead, it's going to be the New York Knicks. Uh, maybe not so much this season, but just, you know, how I felt about them the past couple of years, the Knicks are going to Nick, you know what I mean? A lot like the Sixers have been the past several years, but, uh, there was so many times where it felt like they were trying, they were asking us to come back and win this game. (laughs) They were literally like, Hey, we don't want to win sick. We're giving you every opportunity to come back and win this game. And we just kept hanging ourselves with our own belt every single time. I don't know if that's a reference that I should make on YouTube, but every time we kept uh, shooting ourselves in the foot, whatever. Yeah, we kept. We they, they were asking for us to come back in this game, um, and we just couldn't do it, man. Uh, we'll get into you know the specific things that happened and where I really think the game completely ended. Uh, but like the first thing I want to say is from the beginning, to me, felt like a fluky game. The people are going to look at the final score and say the Sixers got smacked by the Knicks. That's why I put the title. Sixers get blown out by the Knicks. 
it was it wasn't really a blowout. It, it felt like such a fluky game from the beginning. It didn't feel like one of those games where you came out with no energy and you were flat and you and you uh, got ran out of the building. It felt like we had a lot of energy in the beginning. I think maybe I'm wrong about that. Let me know what you think. But uh, they made so many ridiculous shots in the beginning of this game in the first half. They made uh, they shot 75% from three in the first quarter or 60% from three in the first quarter. Jalen Brunson was 75% in the first quarter. Uh, dude named McBride, who has been uh, a two-way G League player his whole short career so far, hits four three-pointers in the first quarter. Uh, fun little fact about him, his career high in the G League is 39 points against the Delaware Blue Coats. So he is just a sixer killer at heart. And, you know, he had four, 12 points. The guy scores two points a game. He had 12 points in the first quarter. And just these, like, every time we made a little bit of a, a of a gash at the lead or whatever, they would drive in and get fouled and do a 360, throw the ball over their head, and it banked in. I mean, it felt really like one of those games where nothing could go right for us and everything went right for them. I did say their shooting is going to cool off, and that's when... We're going to come back and win. Their shooting cooled off in the second half. They wanted us to come back and win, and we just couldn't do it. And that's really just how I feel about this game. I'm not end-all, be-all. I'm not, oh, my God, we have to make a major splash or we're totally screwed. I know what the overreactions are going to be, but it's just short-term memory because anytime the Sixers look good and and well-oiled and everything's working right, we take care of business and we can compete with anybody. And I just think it's a bad game. I'm not really overreacting that much. What do you think? The the disappointing thing about this game is like, I just feel like all year, the Sixers come back and make this a game. This was the first time they got blown out by 15 points or more during the season. And like they, to me, it was just, it pissed me off because there was just things you can control. Like you're not going to make shots but you can control getting a rebound. And that's what sparked their run in the second quarter. Um, Joel Embiid or Paul Reed, I forget. They like fumbled two uh, offensive rebounds that were easy to get for the Sixers and they just didn't get them. And it led to like back-to-back three-pointers for possession and possession. And the thing is, it's pretty clear. The main takeaway is you got to get another perimeter creator to take some relief off of Maxi and Joel Embiid. Like that that that's been clear for the whole entire season. Um DeAnthony Melton is probably our third best creator and that's not good because he's a fake creator and he should be coming off the bench. <laughs> so I think tonight just tells us you need to get a creator whether it's one of the Bogdanoviches from the Pistons or the Hawks or maybe it's Zach Levine, but if you're going to make a Zach Levine deal, you got to go all out and you got to get Caruso too. So that's the main takeaway for me because the bench has a lot of good pieces defensively and things like that and you know spot up three point shooters but they don't got they don't got a guy who can create his own shot and actually get into the painted area and collapse a defense. That's my thing with Melton. He can get his own shot but he can't collapse a defense. Same with Tobias. We got two fake creators next to Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey in Tobias and DeAnthony Melton. So you actually got to get a real creator. Jordan Clarkson can fit that mold as well. Um, But that's like the main takeaway for me. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson would definitely fit that mold. 
I definitely agree when you look at a game like this, the glaring issue shows uh, where, you know, Embiid wasn't having a terrible game. Uh, 16 at the half. If the game was close, he probably would have finished 30, 32, 35, maybe 40 if he went off in the fourth quarter in a close game. Uh, he gets 30 and 10. I think he finished with 30 and 10, 31 and 10. Uh, Maxi, I don't think, was having a bad game. He was on pace for 30 by halftime. Kelly Oubre was contributing a lot in the first half, uh, hitting threes, slashing to the rim. Comes out in the, I think, start of the fourth quarter, driving dunk down the lane to spark some energy. But outside of those three guys, there's nothing else anywhere, you know? And 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 it becomes evident that like a guy like Marcus Morris will have games where he gives you a little bit of a spark off the bench, but it's not something you can rely on. As you saw tonight, he was a no-show. Um, so the glaring issue here, and I didn't want to go here this early, but we have to. The glaring issue is the same glaring issue we've been talking about for five years. It's supposed to be the third option, okay? Supposed to be the third option. Assassin scorer, supposed to be the third option. We're just asking you to be the fourth option, bro. We're asking you for $500,000 a game to be the fourth option. And you know what you do, Tobias Harris? And I, I, I'm, so, I'm so excited to say this because I've been getting Tobias Harris's sisters and aunts and uncles on burner accounts defending him because there's no way there's a real person alive that's a Tobias Harris defender at this stage. You beat up all the bad teams. You drop 25 or whatever against the Wizards and whoever. And as soon as you play a team that shows you a little bit of physicality, as soon as you show, as soon as you face the team that shows you a little bit of physicality, you curl up and you run and you hide. And that's exactly what happened. And everybody was telling me, look, he's playing good. You need to shut up. I'm like, you guys don't think he's going to go right back to what he was? We've seen this every season. Plays good for five games. Plays a good defensive team that shows him physicality and he curls up in a ball and he hides. And this time, he took it to the extreme. He didn't just quit on the court. He quit on the court. He couldn't do anything after the first couple of minutes when he scored five points. He quit. He was a no-show. He was nowhere to be found. He said, I don't even want to be on the court anymore. My ankle hurts. I don't, I'm not coming back. He pulled a fucking Ben Simmons. He made up an injury because he didn't want to play that bad. When did somebody please tell me at what point in this game did Tobias Harris hurt his ankle? I need to see the replay. He anyway, can't even get hurt. He can't even get hurt with the way he plays. He moves at like 0.5 speed. So I don't even think it's possible to turn an ankle with his play style. So it's like he clearly quit because it wasn't going his way. He had another fast break opportunity in the second half. Block, complain to the refs, look at the refs for a foul. Like, when is this going to change? It's it's not going to change. So all you can do is pray that the Sixers move on from him, but they're not going to move on from him well, because they believe he's someone he's not. And they look at the advanced stats because they see the starting lineup with De'Anthony Melton and Tobias Harris in it, and they look at those analytical numbers, and it's tops of the league. Even though me, you, and RB could be tops of the league in net <laughs> rating with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. That's the whole problem with Daryl Morey. That's the whole issue. He's a he's a fine GM. He's a good GM. Too analytical. But he's too into analytics. Look at the game. Look at what you're watching. And you you know 
Tobias should be gone, but he hasn't been gone. It's been five years and he hasn't been gone because he puts up efficient numbers and more he looks at that, he's like, oh, we're not going to get anything better. Look at Batum. The dude puts up two points a game and he's still more effective night in and night out outside of tonight because he was garbage tonight. But Batum, he can put up two points and he can still affect the game in a positive way. Tobias, when you're not putting up points, I don't even care anymore that he doesn't put up points. Grab a rebound. Hustle. But he moves like my grandma, so he can't (laughs) grab a rebound over OG or even over Jalen Brunson half the time. Get this dude out of Philadelphia. Trade him for anything at this point and be done with it. I've been saying it. And if it is because Joel Embiid has this continuity thing going on, don't listen to him because Joel Embiid's a terrible GM. He liked Doc Rivers. <laughs> he wanted P.J. Tucker. He wanted Ben Simmons back after the Hawks debacle. Quit listening to Joel Embiid. He's not a GM. I don't care if he gets disgruntled because his best friend Tobias Harris is gone. Get him gone, please. <laughs> so there, there was a segment in the game where, uh, you know, we cut it to whatever. We were, we were fighting to try to – we were down by 20-plus. Then we'd cut it to 15. We'd cut it to 13. We'd cut it to 12. And two possessions in a row. Tobias, I don't remember what happened on the first one. A fast break or something missed a layup. I'm screaming, oh my God, here we go with Tobias Harris again. Or he got blocked at the rim by somebody that shouldn't have got blocked by. And then the very next possession, he drives on OG Ananobi, loses the ball off his own leg. Two possessions in a row that absolutely gutted the energy and the run that we were trying to make. And I was screaming... Please just get the guy off the floor at this point. He's hurting you more than he's helping you. It reminded me of the end of that Celtics game where he folded in crunch time and looked like he forgot how to play basketball. That's exactly what happened at that point. And right away, Nick Nurse took him off the floor. And then he had an ankle injury. And so here's my conspiracy theory. Daryl Morey already has a trade lined up. They didn't know that Tobias Harris was going to go out and try to sabotage his own trade value in a game when they already had it lined up. And Daryl's on the phone like, get him off the floor. Tell everyone he hurt his ankle. This is going to ruin the trade that I already have lined up. That's my conspiracy theory. If he doesn't get traded at the deadline, what are we doing? Well, I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest. I really don't. It's just a giant, just, it's not a positive or a negative. It's just a giant $40 yeah. million dollar guy for no reason. You don't need him. You need to get rid of him. That's the thing. You can't, it, unless it's the playoffs, it's not worth benching him because it's not worth the potential, oh, I'm Tobias Harris, I'm going to get pissed off and ruin the locker room chemistry. So because he's making 40 mil, he has that aura and also he has the, is a clout of being a locker room leader, so that comes into play too. So we're just stuck. We're stuck with number twelve, and I've I've been trying to deal with it. Like I've been trying not to complain about him. Yeah, me too. But tonight was just another another instance. I've been trying to give just, him his props when he has like, good games. And he started this game out pretty good. I thought he was playing good post defense on Julius Randle in the beginning of the game. He was running fast breaks in the beginning of the game. He had a couple. He had three assists in the first quarter. I've never seen the guy pass the ball before in my life. He had three assists on fast breaks. I'm like, what is going on here? And then he just folded just so unbelievably hard. And 
you're you're not relying on Tobias Harris, but when when uh, with a game like this where where Maxi and Bede and Ubre are scoring and nobody else is, how is he not contributing? He totally got shut out because of the physicality of the New York Knicks on the perimeter. He couldn't do anything and he completely quit and made up an ankle injury. Um I don't want to rant about Tobias Harris the whole game, but yeah, it's I just can't believe how right we continue to be when he plays five good games in a row. We're like, oh yeah, just wait. Because we've seen it. How does everybody else not expect it? I think most people do. There's just, like I said, his his wife has six burners account or something. Uh, the game that ended, or the, 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 the series that really ended the game, we cut it to 12. And like I said, they were trying to hand us the game. They were They were trying to be the Knicks of old. They were like, hey, we don't want to win this. You know, here you go. Please take it. Uh, we cut it to 12. And Maxi had a wide open three-pointer mm. where nobody guarded. They forgot about him. There wasn't even anybody close to him. He, it was like he was in an empty gym. And if he would have hit that and cut it to nine, the momentum would have continued. Uh, he missed it. Quentin Grimes hit a three on the other end. And then the very next possession, pick and pop, Paul Reed. Maxi kicks it back to Paul Reed. Now, Paul Reed, what's your job in this scenario? In this lineup with Tyrese Maxi, Paul Reed, Daniel House Jr., and whatever other wild card out there. Your job is to give the ball back to Tyrese Maxi. Paul Reed says, it's my time to shine. Pump fakes a three, double crossover, spin move on Hartenstein. <laughs> and like, I don't know, gets blocked, loses the ball, something, something that you would expect. And I'm like, there's no way. We just cut the lead to 12. And we're running offensive sets for a Paul Reed ISO. There's just no way that's happening. And right when that happened, Nick Nurse took Paul Reed off the floor. Joel was only off the floor for like two minutes. And he's like, he's like, he he pulled him out and put him back in the game because he's like, what are you doing, dude? You're come on, Paul. Once in a while, in a certain situation, you do something fun, and everyone's like, oh, look, Paul Reed can do something. But bro, crunch time. We're trying to cut the lead here. We got it to 12, and you decide now it's Paul Reed ISO time. That was crazy to me. And then Quentin Grimes hit another three on the other end. The lead went from 12 to 18, and that was literally it, pretty much. That's yeah, where I think it I ended. mean, I think it's just just get another creator in that second unit. I think that's where we missed Anthony Melton tonight. Hopefully he comes back and he goes to the bench where he should be, in my opinion. Um, but also just get, just get Tyrese Maxey another – or Joel Embiid, another player he, he can run a dribble handoff with and things like that. It would just open up so much because you got a lot of guys who can hit shots, but they can't create nothing. So we're just going to have to wait till the deadline most likely to get that guy, but it's pretty clear and apparent that that's a need. And then you'll see less Paul Reed moments where he's trying to ISO, but low-key, Paul Reed might not see the court tomorrow. <laughs> Bro. After his performance today, we, we might think, get yeah. Mo Bamba, the seven-footer who can't rebound uh, tomorrow. I think Nurse is a little more forgiving than Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers would have had him. Like, dude, he would have he would have had the guy cut at at right there. He wouldn't even be on the roster anymore. Uh, but I mean, just a just a, a blunder. I mean, it's Paul Reed though. He's not exactly the highest IQ basketball player. But dude, you got to give the ball back to Maxie. It's not Paul Reed ISO time. Uh, I you know I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't see the floor next game. I don't know. Uh, I don't mean to go back to number 12, but it would be nice to be able to run a unit through Tobias Harris, <laughs> but that is not possible. And that's why I 
I'm not saying Siakam's the best fit, but I just kind of feel like we just brush him off like, no, 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 I don't want him, no way. But if you have Siakam, he can run a whole unit by himself. So you're not just relying on Maxi and MB to run the unit the whole entire game. Yeah, I think... And he also can defend pretty much every position. So, like, I'm not saying Siakam's the answer, but I think he's a little underrated because he is basically Tobias, but he's actually good. I don't think Siakam uh, would be interested, you know, in the first place. Like, he... Yeah, that's true. You know, that's really my thing with Siakam. I Part of me doesn't want to try to experiment again with a, a guy that scores in the paint next to Joel Embiid. But even if it did work, you know, he, he wants to be an unrestricted free agent and get a lot of money, and he probably doesn't want to be second or third fiddle. Uh, he probably doesn't want to be running a second unit. Uh, he wants to be a star because he probably thinks he's a star. He wants to be a star. Did my camera just freeze? Yeah, it did. Uh, I think so. I haven't had a freezing issue for a while, man. Well, that's where our guy, Huzma comes into play. Just get Kuzma. He's on one of the friendliest contracts in the league. He is. In four years, he's going to be making like 19 mil a year. Uh, he on on the championship team with the Lakers, he didn't even put up that great of numbers. Like he he was only in there for defense. The reason he doesn't play defense is in Washington is because he's in Washington. He's just another Kelly Oubre, but he's a little better than Kelly Oubre. And I think Nick Nurse can get the most out of Kuzma, another athletic player, great rebounder, way better rebounder than Tobias. And you can also get Tyus Jones. Throw them picks. I don't care. I don't understand why we're trying to hold on to these picks. Who's going to be available? I don't think any. Don't free, think, agency, yeah. free agency, the best we're going to get is Kawhi Leonard, but is he really going to leave L.A.? Paul George, are they going to leave L.A. for Philadelphia at this point in their NBA careers? Um, despite us being a good team, Philadelphia is not as you know LA. We could have, we could have Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard, and the the whole thing would they would they all would get, get injured, injured at the same time, and Embiid <laughs> they would all get injured at the same time. Uh, they would. Uh, speaking of Embiid, he uh, do you feel like he's injured right now? He so he injures the ankle. He's out for what four or five games, three or four games, four or five games. I don't I don't know, but he comes back. Looked great when he came back uh, against the Bulls. Played this game, stepped on Hartenstein's foot in the first, literally the first possession, and tweaked his ankle. And then he's limping and jogging up and down the floor, uh, looking like not a hundred percent. And then he has a nosebleed, and I was like, "Oh my god, bro, this is we're getting it's it's climate, it's getting towards the uh, you know the playoff energy type of stuff. We're getting Joel Embiid multiple injuries in the first possession of a game. Uh, I, I you know I don't know. I hope it's not really a thing that's affecting him." In the long run, his ankle doesn't seem to be a hundred percent. Or he turned it, sat out a couple games. It was a hundred percent, and then he steps on Hartenstein's ankle and hurts it again. So I'm a little bit nervous about stuff like that because those kind of freak things are what starts to happen to Joel as you get closer to the playoffs, and then boom, partially torn meniscus, dislocated ligament, right thumb, gets shouldered in the face by Markel Fultz. What else could happen at the same time? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just got to figure out a way to like, it's going to, it's going to sound heartless, but like he's got to figure out a way to be productive while being injured. Like the second quarter from him was just terrible in my opinion, but 
I, it was good to see like him come out of halftime and he was getting downhill and stuff like that. So like just be aggressive because he was just settling in the second quarter. You got Isaiah Hardenstein on you and he was just settling for everything. And it's probably because the ankle, but then I see in the third quarter, he comes out aggressive. It's like, where was that in the second yeah. when we badly needed you to just take over and get, draw some fouls? Well, he didn't like, get that. On, he didn't get the horse tranquilizers yet. That's what happened. He went in yeah, halftime. Yeah. He went in halftime and got the shot in the side of the ankle bone. Bam. Then he's good to go. Yeah. But he's just got to, at this point, I mean, he's going to have an ankle injury in the playoffs. So he's got to just fight through it somehow, some way, or he's just going to, you know, it, you know, the playoff well, numbers the, are going to go down again. That's the thing about our, our guy, Tobias. Like, Joel Embiid has an actual ankle injury and played the entire game. You quit and made up an injury. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty shitty. Let your teammates down. Tobias, sick of your shit. Uh, what else, man? Uh, Miles McBride, four threes in the first quarter. That was ridiculous. That's just what happens to the Sixers. Some no-name guy goes off on us. Uh, played for West Virginia. I Googled it during the game because I never heard of the guy. Uh, Jaden Springer minutes early in the game. And defensively early in the game, he, he was making some plays. And I was like, hey, look, Jaden Springer is going to work his way back into the rotation. Maybe it's a guy that you know Nick Nurse is going to start to like him again. We were saying Nick Nurse unlocked Jaden Springer in the beginning of the season. Uh, then he got the flu. Then he didn't get back on the court for whatever reason. And he's just, dude, at the end of the game, again, it was a point where we cut it to like 12 or 13 and we were making a run. The Knicks were trying to hand it to us. Jaden Springer wide open in the corner. And it looks like he shot a 20-pound medicine ball. Like, I, I, how does he make it look so difficult? to shoot a basketball and it like hit the side of the rim. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's just, you know, uh, more game, more offensive game than like some other young players that have been frustrating to watch for the, over the years, like Matisse Thibel or somebody, but still just a couple of times he got the ball under the rim garbage time. Nobody was probably watching the game at this point, but Jaden Springer got under the rim and like, I don't know. He, he makes it look like the basket is 25 feet tall somehow when he gets under the rim like why can't you just go straight up with the ball are you not six four with a freak athleticism i don't understand it uh i'm getting seriously sick of Jaden springer <laughs> like i'm tired of why i'm tired of the lack of offensive game and anytime he starts to look okay he has a game where it's like holy shit this guy's not even close to being a contributor and he's 21 but i'm i don't care dude I'm sick of it. Back to the G League for you. Yeah, I mean, that's my take on it. It's Sixers fans just need to get serious. Like, if they want to compete, Springer should be gone by the deadline to boost the value of the trade because he's still he a have trade value for sure. Does he? Yeah, he definitely has trade value. I mean, not much, but if you if if you make a trade video and you include him, Sixers fans will go berserk. And also, I mean, they don't want to trade him on him. I made a video on him when he was doing well, and they were like, we don't need Caruso. He is Caruso, <laughs> which is hilarious. Bro, but I'm getting yeah, so... Yeah, he should be traded. Half our picks should be gone. We need we need to make a win-now move. Like, the yeah, East definitely. is wide open, mm -hmm. and there's nothing in free agency. 
what are we going to overpay Clay Thompson? Yeah, that was that was what the take so, that I had today. I was like, what well, you know, I can't wait to hang up the the free the the cap space banner. Look, we have we got all this cap space. Like that's not the goal, dudes. The goal is to build the best team you can possibly build right now to try to win with Joel Embiid in his prime. You know, I don't give a shit about cap space. People like when I said the Kuzma thing, I'm just I'm just talking about players that uh maybe a little bit better of a fit than Tobias Harris who is a more willing three-point shooter, is bigger, is more athletic, and is like half the price. And, you know, uh, uh, people were like, yeah, but look at his contract and you don't want to pay that for three years. I'm like, you have to pay contracts. That's what the NBA is. That's what sports are. You have to get players and you have to pay them money. This whole like, oh, we don't want anyone because we don't want to pay anyone. What is this? Are you guys Josh Harris? I don't understand why you want to keep this money so bad. And yeah, there's no big... There's no big free agent. It's not a thing. You know, oh, we got all this cap space and we and we signed who? Who do they, who do they think is this superstar that's going to be an unrestricted free agent that the Sixers are going to sign with all this cap space? I agree with you. Davon, uh, a.k.a. Schoolboy Beats, thank you for the support, my man. Uh, $2 Super Chat, four starter subs was ill-advised by Nurse in the second quarter. Was that when Joel was on the floor with four bench players? Is that what you're talking about? I think so. Yeah, who... Who couldn't dribble besides Pat Beverly? <laughs> that was yeah, that was an and, interesting move, and and that makes it very simple for the Knicks to triple team and beat. That's what happened in the second quarter. I mean, it wasn't a good second quarter for him, but they were bringing doubles before he even got the ball because they were just daring somebody else to do something with the ball. And it was it was it was Pat Bev and Daniel House, and uh, you know, and Pat Bev can can make some moves, but this this wasn't a good game for him. Uh, yeah, I agree. That second quarter lineup was was interesting, and I don't want to say we missed DeAnthony Melton, but he's definitely a piece that would have been nice to have on the floor for a little bit of a spark. If he if he went off for 15 or something, it's a different game. Uh, Kispert, Kuzma, Gafford, Tyus, send Tobias and Co. to Virginia. Are we talking about D.C.? You think you're getting Kispert, Kuz, Gafford, and Tyus Jones for Tobias Harris? I don't think the Sixers have... I mean, uh, Tobias and, and 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 a couple of first round picks. I don't know. That's that seems. It would be Tyus. It would be Tyus and Kuzma, and then we give them like three, uh, two first round picks, probably a swap. That was the trade and I was talking about today. Tobias and Jaden Springer. That was the trade I was talking Most about likely. today, and people were like, "That's a serious overpay," and I'm like, "Dude, I already think the Sixers can can compete with any team in the NBA when healthy and playing well. Uh, there's going to be games where you play bad." But I already think they're a contender right now. If you add a backup point guard, you get rid of Tobias and get Kuzma, I I don't hate it. I don't think Daryl Morey would do that anyway because he probably thinks these guys are random NBA players and he wants he wants stars. Don't be shocked if he trades for Zach Levine. <laughs> don't I mean, be shocked. Don't be shocked. It's either Zach Levine and Caruso or Kuzma and Tyus. That's where I'm at. And I want Bogdanovich from the Hawks, but I would just unload all our picks. If I was the GM, I would unload all our picks, but that's probably not the right move, to be honest. That's the right move. That's why I'm not the GM. That's the right move. You go all in, man. You go all in. It's what you do. We'll see what it does. Philly Drills, thanks for the support. $5 Super Chat, DJ and Romp Streams. Keep it up. Yeah, buddy. You know what it is. Uh, What are you guys talking about in the chat? Jacko, are people trying to call the show and it's not working? Is that why there's nobody? We, um, is that why there's nobody in the waiting? Shout out Jalen Brunson, right quick. 
Yeah, go ahead. Because that dude is a Jalen Brunson. Maxi needs to take some notes. Uh, that's my one thing with Maxi. He needs the more mid range. He can't just be three and drive in the you know the paint and it always be a layup. He shot some mid range tonight, but he just needs a little more mid range in his bag. And also, he just randomly got passive in like the second or third quarter. I think it was the third quarter. He just like didn't take a shot for like the whole quarter. It's like, what are we doing? Unload the clip. I don't even care if he misses like, so what? You miss an open three and now you're going to yeah. pass up a floater when Isaiah Hardenstein's giving you so much space. Maxie's just got to, he's got to be aggressive 24-7. And if it tanks his efficiency, it is what it is. We've been through this so many times on this show when we have streams where we just talk about Maxie needs to be more aggressive, but it's just true. There's not enough shot creators, especially when Tobias is being a G League level player. So that's my thing with with Maxie. He needs to work on his self-creation a little more um, in the offseason. It's not going to come this year most likely, but he's got to take some notes from Brunson because... Brunson's a, a tier ahead of him because he can't create out of nothing every possession against yeah, anyone. Definitely, Brunson's a tier ahead of him as an off as a as a as like a, a leader, a guy that can uh, yeah. put a team on his back and run with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know why my my phone thing's not working now. Let me try this again here. Um, yeah, now I got to open it again. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, what else can I ramble about? Yeah, ramble about mm-hmm. some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm becoming more open to Zach Levine. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I think the Sixers should just look at Ubre as an example of perfect fit. We're getting the most out of him, and if you go get Kuzma, that could be the same situation. And that contract is, you're crazy. Like straight up, if anyone thinks that's a bad contract, I don't know what you're, what you're smoking. If you think that Kuzma contract is bad, um, and then he's another guy you could, you could switch, you could switch one through three with Batum, Kuzma, and and um Kelly Oubre with Jason Tatum. Say they play the Celtics, you could just switch, 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 stall the offense. Like it's another body. And you can do you can do that with Tobias, but he's not a, he's not as athletic. And and when he gets in rotation, oh, it's disgusting to watch. And he just dies on screens, like. And maybe Kuzma's the same way, but I don't think so. I think he's more athletic. And honestly, anyone who's athletic and long, with Joel Embiid backing them up. You can be a competent defender on the Sixers, in my opinion. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, um, yeah. The, the 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 phone thing's not working right now, so I got to I got to do some more testing. Uh, I thought mm. I, I I thought I had it set up. Uh, the numbers not getting anywhere, so I don't know what's happening. But uh, we'll just read the chat, man. Give us your thoughts in the chat. We'll read the chat. Uh, I don't want to give up another young player, especially after one bad game. That's all. You don't want to give up Jaden Springer, <laughs> who I mean, he just bro, he just doesn't look like you know what I mean. Like, what's Jaden Springer gonna develop into? What does he look like he could possibly develop into? 
I'm not seeing, I'm not, I don't know, you know, maybe five years from now he turns into a solid role player, but you're just, we're just not in a position to really care what the Sixers look like in five years. We're just not. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't say no to a trade that bolsters the roster because you don't want to give up Jaden Springer. That's wild. Davon said, no saying send Bomba House Reed Springer Tobias and picks. It would be the picks. I mean, Bomba has zero trade value. Daniel House has zero trade value. Paul Reed, maybe a little bit of trade value. Uh, Jaden Springer, mm, I I guess he still has trade value. Uh, I You know, people like to do this, hey, let's give them all of our worst players and get good players back. <laughs> Unfortunately for everyone, you know, uh, trades don't work I would that send, way. I would put my package that I would be uh, going around the league. I would put Melton, Tobias, and Springer. And then picks maybe if it's worth adding picks. Because that's actually, Melton's expiring and he's pretty good. Tobias expiring solid for a losing team like the Pistons or something like that. Um, and then Springer elite defender. And then he got picks that can actually get you something Bamba and whatever is not going to get you anything. So if you actually want to improve the team. Yeah. I mean, now, I do have a Discord people could call into, but I would have to open it and like go through it and try to set up the audio, and I, I can't do that on the fly. Um, overall, is, is there is there an overreaction to this game, or do you not really care much about this game? I don't really care about the game, to be honest. I don't, I don't really care about many games in the regular season. I think um, the script is pretty clear. The Sixers are going to win when Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid have it going on and just surround them with length and size and switchable players like Oubre and Batum and quick decision makers, shooters, and you have a good chance. Um, But guys like Tobias and Melton next to each other, they're suspect decision makers. Melton gets, he likes to chuck shots a little too much when he's in lineups with Maxine and Embiid, that could be nice when he's hitting, but when he's not, he can't really drive to the rim. So when you put those two, Melton and Tobias, together next to Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, you're just capping the potential of the lineup. So it's just fix that, Melton to the bench, get rid of Tobias, and see what happens. All right, what about DeJounte Murray? If you can get Bogdanovich in the deal, I wouldn't mind it. Why would the Hawks do that? Like, why did that? Why? Yeah, why did the Hawks? I don't know. The Hawks gave know. up three first-round picks for him, right? Uh, so yeah, they're deciding right now that the pairing of him and Trey Young didn't work like they thought it was going to, and now they want to trade him. What are they going to want in return for him? You know what I mean? I think they could possibly want Tobias because. If you're trading DeJounte Murray, you're just trying to get off that contract, and Tobias is expiring. So you just have to deal with him for half the season, 
And then if you sign them, it's probably going to be much lesser than a max, or you could just let them go. So I think it's more of a, oh, we, we just want to get off DeJounte Murray, you know, because it was a terrible move looking back on it. Yeah. So, yeah, but DeJounte, it's, it's like Siakam, but worse. Like it's, it's the same issues. He's on, he, he needs the ball in his hands. He's been good on catch and shoot threes this year, which is surprising because he used to not be. So I don't know if it's a fluke or he really made that development. But if he did make that development, that would be nice um, next to Maxi and Embiid because he's shooting like 38% on like six attempts per game. Yeah, He's a solid defender as well. I mean, I wouldn't hate it, but it's also, I don't know, it could be, an, it could be a low-key move because everyone on Sixers Twitter hates it. And usually when Sixers Twitter hates something, it's usually the opposite absolutely. is the answer. So absolutely. Twitter, that's also Twitter's, help that's yeah. also kind of tricking me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Dude, I've been I've been trying so hard to train myself to stop read <laughs> not stop reading because I'm always gonna read stuff. I'm always I'm on social media, it's part of the business, but reading the YouTube comments, a lot of you guys leave awesome comments, but there's so many just on the spectrum comments uh, in YouTube and tweet Twitter is even even worse. It's just there's so much nonsense on there. It's wild. I mean, you know, yeah. like you'll you'll be you'll win ten games in a row and then you'll have a game where you look like crap in the first quarter and Twitter will be like, "Dude, I told you this team sucks. Trade this guy, trade that guy, blow it up." Like it's why it's yeah. You have to you have to try not to let that mold your thought process because it's it's cancer twitter is cancer it will get into the negative takes will get into your brain and you have to try to ignore it that's what i've been trying to do with twitter and i've been trying not to respond to people that say dumb things to me uh josh no doubt my man thanks for the support i will fully test the phone system y'all know i had it up before and we were doing call-in shows and i really want to get back into it because it's a lot of fun but uh, I'm, I failed again as a producer, but we're here and we're reading the chat. All right. Uh, what else we got? Joel Embiid is lazy. Hey, I thought you went to sleep. You said in the playback stream, good night. I'm going to bed. And you, you were so mad and you wanted to be yell at Embiid so much that you woke up and came back on YouTube to say Embiid is lazy. Uh, I mean, look, Joel Embiid's seven two. He's he three hundred pounds. He's not gonna look like some kind of high energy athlete. He's never gonna look like some kind of high energy athlete. I know people want him to look like he looked in college at two forty five. I don't know. Joel's just a gigantic person. He's always gonna look kind of dopic and slow. He's a giant, and he's doing things that nobody his size should ever be able to do. And so with Joel Embiid, I just take, I try to just, uh, I try to just cherish the positives. It's unbelievable what he can do at his size. Ever, there's going to be flaws that come with that, which is him being big and slow and looking lazy sometimes. Uh, this game, I will admit that, you know, halfway through the third quarter, Joel Embiid said, "Fuck this game. We're done playing now. I don't care anymore." Uh, and then he joined Tobias Harris, who already said "fuck this game" in the halfway through the first quarter, because there was a play at the end where they both were standing there and let Josh Hart get an offensive rebound or somebody. And I was like, "What? What are we doing here?" Um, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. The game, the game was just throw it in the trash. I know I say that a lot. Uh, Lord Morpheus, thanks for the $1 super chat. Um, I appreciate it. I really have nothing else to say on this game. I wanted to take calls. My producer fucked up. I fired him. I'm getting a new one. Okay. We're taking, we're taking calls on the, on the next one. I promise you. Thank you to everybody that was, that was ready to call in and give your thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll get it going. We'll get it going pretty soon. Um, I got nothing else, Rob. You got anything else in this game? Um, no. That was that was a tough watch. That was a tough watch for sure. Besides the first ten minutes, I can't believe we had a ten point lead at one point. They, bro, they they did exactly what I knew they were going to do. They were making so many ridiculous shots in the first half, and I was like, "This isn't going to continue. They're gonna they're gonna come back down to earth. They're gonna start missing." And that's exactly what happened. We had every opportunity to come back and win this game. They were trying to give it to that's us. That's the annoying part, man. We should have. It just should have been a down to the wire game, and they just couldn't. Like it's, I don't know. That's disappointing. It felt like kind of old Sixer vibes. That's the one thing that's a little, a little concerning. Because I don't know. I just feel like a great team that they're looking like easily should have been back in this game easy and they just couldn't do it and hopefully it's a one-time thing but like it felt like there was like a playoff energy kind of in this game like physicality wise and it felt like definitely just got punched in the mouth they got punched in the mouth and they couldn't respond and then all of a sudden you miss free throws missing free throws yeah that's how you that's how you tell me oh you're feeling the pressure you're not built for this Missing layups after layups after layups. That's the scary thing about this game because in the playoffs, there's going to be runs like the Knicks had against us in the second quarter. Someone off the bench for the Celtics, Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard. Oh, it's Pritchard. Uh, It might be done for me, but that's going to happen. So how are you going to respond? And the Sixers could not respond tonight because they just kept blowing layups. And not grabbing rebounds, yep. not hustling. Why are they so bad? That's what at, me off. Why don't they box out? I thought this was a Doc Rivers issue. We're doing the same yeah. thing. We don't box out. It's crazy. There's no reason four Sixers should be there and Josh Hart should get an offensive rebound. That's crazy. Uh, Money Mars. Yeah, that's that's my only that's my only legit concern about this game. But yeah. other than that, I mean. Just throw it in the trash and Money Mar. hopefully it's a one-time thing. Thanks for saying this, man, because I can't wait to go watch uh, Knicks Fan TV because I, I I bet I bet they are throwing a parade. Uh, Knicks fans are acting like they just won the NBA title tonight on their live streams and podcasts. Yeah, I bet they're throwing a parade. Um, and I will give them credit. I, I'm sure they're overrating what happened in the fourth quarter, but uh, two possessions in a row... Joel Embiid tried to ISO Hartenstein and got his ass kicked. And the second one was legit. He just tried to hit him with a, a drop step, I think, spin, and Hartenstein blocked it to half court. I bet Knicks fans are just on on cloud nine after a play like that because they think, you know, Joel Embiid is a flopper and he's a free throw merchant and we got the real dogs and the real gritty guys and Hartenstein's... Uh, uh, dog mentality kind of guy, and he showed Embiid who the real whatever is, and he blocked his shot. And I'm like, you know, I know exactly probably what the narrative is, 
And it's going to be all over the internet. I'm going to try to get out of here and just go to sleep without looking at it. I'll, I'll probably look at it. But I wish, I wish Hardenstein was our backup center, to be honest. Yeah, it's a good backup I, center. I, I just want to... I, I think we should go for Kelly Olenek because uh, um, he could play the stretch five, but also he can play next to Embiid and he gives you more size. He's smart. He can be like a passer like Batum. I think he's a low-key target that the Sixers should look into because Reed's cool, um, but when he's doing Paul Reed things, it would just be nice to have a guy behind him who is smart basketball-wise, smart basketball-wise. Because overall, that's been missing in our backup centers over the years because we had Andre Drummond, who's a beast, don't get me wrong. He's cooking this year, by the way. Um, Dwight Howard. So it's like, I just want like a a smart high IQ passing big who can, you know, do a little Nick Batum type stuff. Yeah. And Isaiah Hardenstein, I mean, he he cooked. He, he's low-key probably a better defender on Embiid than Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson's injured just because Isaiah Hardenstein doesn't commit dumb fouls. Yeah. Right? Usually he doesn't commit dumb fouls. Well, I saw two different defenders out of him tonight. There was definitely segments where Joel Embiid was just going right at him and moving him out of the way and laying yeah. the ball in. And he looked where he looked like more like uh, Daniel Tice. And then yeah. all of a sudden he's holding yeah. his ground and blocking his shot. So it's like he, he he came out of nowhere a lot of times, man. But yeah, I mean, you know, high energy guy. He had a game a couple a couple games ago. Where he had twenty five rebounds. You know. Uh, Sixers don't have a sniper off the bench, a guy who can shoot them into a game. Too many streaky shooters. I agree with that. They don't have a Bogdanovich. They don't have a Kevin oh. Herter. Um, they don't have that guy that 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 uh, you know that guy that can go on a little bit of a run and get hot off the bench. Like I said, you can't rely on it. You can't you can't expect it to be Marcus Morris. I don't think you need somebody. You know, that's not thirty four. At the end of the day. Yeah, that that reminds me of my other trade. I'll add to the list of Kuzma and Tyus Jones and Zach Levine and Caruso. Kyle Kerr. Terry Rozier. Go ahead, man. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier. Gary Terry. P.J. Washington. Yeah, T- Terry Rozier and P.J. Washington for Tobias and Picks and Springer or whatever. Melton. Or you could do Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. The Hornets. You got to get... get Get Rozier on the bench, bro. Imagine Rozier coming off the bench. Come I haven't on. I haven't watched Rozier uh, really this this season at all. Uh, so I don't even know he's what cooking. he's looking like. Yeah, he's still scary, Terry. Yeah, Gordon. Hey, I, I mean nobody watches the Hornets, so I have no idea what the Hornets are are looking like this season. Uh, Gordon Hayward at this stage of his career, after you know I all mean, the, all he's the injuries, than Tobias. He he's is better than Tobias. Tobias is healthy usually though. That is true, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I I would rather hate word, to be honest, because I look at Tobias as addition by sub- subtraction. Like to be honest, like I think we could just delete him off the team and we would be better. I agree. I I seriously, <laughs> seriously agree. People hate people hate when I say things like that, but he's not a positive. He's not a plus. He's not a plus player, man. He just doesn't. He doesn't really help. You overall, 
Kyle Kern, can the Knicks contend with this team? Uh, thanks for the super chat. Can the Knicks contend with the Sixers in a seven-game playoff series? No, they can't. They cannot. Here's really what happened. Sixers uh, shot themselves in the foot several times. The Knicks shot 60% from three in the first half. Brunson shot 75% in the first quarter. Uh, you got 12 points in the first quarter from a guy that's on a two-way G League contract. And the Knicks tried to hand the game to the Sixers, and the Sixers folded. In a seven-game playoff series, Romp, you can tell me what you think, but in a seven-game playoff series, the Sixers are winning 4-2 to two against the Knicks. Yeah, I... Both with the I rosters right chance. now. I'm not talking about after if, a trade deadline and add this, this, or that. I'm yeah. talking about rosters right now. Sixers win 4-2 to two in a playoff series. Uh, yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, I would pick the Sixers, but I will say Jalen Brunson gives them a chance against anyone. True. And if they make a deal for like a Jordan Clarkson who can run the second unit, if they can figure out the... Uh, I think their problem is Randall because they're they're going to have to rely on him in the playoffs, and he's ultimately going to be like he is tonight more often than not. Oh, he was horrible, um, and, and he Brunson, was shoot, he was killing him at the end. He was turning the ball over. He was throwing the ball yeah. out of bounds. He was yeah. yeah, yeah. But Brunson, I mean, against the Heat last year, he averaged thirty. So I you saw mean, what Brunson I, could do tonight, man. He was cooking. He's, he's so good. He's he, so he, good. He gives them a chance against anyone, but overall, they got the Randall issue in the playoffs. So, but yeah, they're, they're, they're like a tier under, I would say the Sixers, Bucks and Celtics. But if they make a trade for like Brogdon or Clarkson, I would put them in the same tier as us because it's just the Brunson list units are so like disturbing. And that's why I kind of like them getting rid of RJ Barrett and quickly, but I don't really like them getting rid of quickly, but it kind of makes Brunson be like Luka Doncic 24-7 because there's times last year where Brunson would just naturally get phased out of the offense. And you saw it tonight with Randall, um, but there there's just sequences where R.J. Barrett would drive, and it's like, dude, Brunson's absolutely cooking. So getting rid of R.J. Barrett and quickly or well, quickly wasn't in the starting unit, but just getting rid of another ball-dominant player who's only looking to score it just helps Brunson, you know, demand the ball like 24-7. Yeah. And we had no answer for him tonight. No, we absolutely had no answer. Nick Batum was playing def- defense on him most of the night. Uh, he was playing good actually, defense, yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Batum was playing good defense for a 35-year-old uh, power forward yeah. out there, like, like pressing full court and uh, out there outside the three-point line going around screens. And Nick Batum is impressive the way that he still moves, for sure. Uh, but yeah, as soon as like a couple times Maxi was on him one on one, he was just dude, he was just shredding him, and it was like, oh my god. Compared to the way Batum moves, compared to the Tobias on defense, it's like, <laughs> what are, what are we doing here? That's so true, <laughs> and that's funny because he's five years older than him, he's bigger than him, he should be slower than him, but he's he's not because he's not Tobias Harris. Uh. Sixers aren't letting Grimes and Hartenstein look like all-stars in a seven-game series. Exactly. I, I Seriously, no, I don't. I mean, mean we let Herter and we did. Danilo Gallinari we outplayed did. Tobias, if you remember. So, like, and Lou Williams, who's basically wow. out of the, I forgot out about of the him. NBA. In Atlanta. Remember he had that, like, he had that crazy run in one of their comebacks. Where yeah, he, he had, like, 22 like, off bucket, the bench. Bucket. Bro, I'm not going to sit here and act like we're 
we could beat anyone, but we could also lose to anyone. I think that's just a fact. Yeah, but I don't think over a seven game series. I think the Sixers. Uh, I'll look at their best performances this year so far, and I'll, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that four times out of two times. I think they would have two games that look like true, this, true. and they would have four games that look like that. That's just me trying to you know give a give a prediction. Uh, and I can't wait to clip that out and put it on TikTok because there's a lot of Knicks fans that are gonna. You know, because they think they're the best team in the world right now because they won three games in a row after an OG and an OB trade. Uh, they'll come back down to earth soon. We choked, though. We lost this game. The Knicks didn't win this game. We lost this game. That's seriously how I feel about it. Knicks been giving Sixers headaches for the last couple of seasons, not a given Sixers win a seven-game series. If the Sixers... Are I, they? Well, if that ends up being Is a first true? round... If that ends up being a, I don't know. The Knicks have been giving Sixers headaches for the last couple of seasons. I don't. Uh, I feel like we beat them every year, but I could be wrong. If we get the Knicks in the first round, that would kind of suck, wouldn't it? Because they are gritty I and they mean, are physical, and they just showed tonight, you know, how they can give you problems in the first round. That's not like a Wizards first round or a or a Nets first round sweep. I still think. Yeah, I think the first though. round is going to be pretty tough. Anyway, no matter who we play, compared to previous seasons. Sharon Cook is in the chat. Sharon, thanks for being here. The most positive commenter of all time. We will win the championship with this team. Please make good trades. We need stronger, bigger players and good shooters. Make that change now. Four angry emojis from Sharon Cook. Daryl Morey, are you listening? We need bigger players and shooters. I agree with that. Can't disagree with that. Uh, something's gonna happen to the trade deadline anyway. I definitely think that. I, I don't think, I don't think Daryl Morey's an idiot. I know exactly. Uh, I feel like I know exactly what he's thinking. Looking at this team, they're good. They have they have great performances, but when they have bad performances like tonight, there's issues that stand out that can be upgraded at the trade deadline. And if you do that, I think you are a solidified championship contender. Even though I think when the Sixers are healthy and have everybody uh, playing well, I think they can compete with anybody anyway, but you can definitely improve the roster also. Uh, did Nurse wait too much to adjust to Brunson's second half? They did a better job with him. I don't know. I just think he's that good sometimes, man. He was just not missing anything in the first half, dude. He was hitting everything he put up. And what can you do when that's happening? There, there, there were heavily contested step backs, man, like, you know, there's not this magic defender that they could have put on him. He was just cooking. You know, I grew up watching Allen Iverson or any other combo guard that gets hot and will drop 40 on you in a flash. Uh, there's not much you can do when he gets hot and he's hitting contested step backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kuzma and Tyus Jones and then get Seth Curry back from Dallas and that'd be cool. Is it concerning that Maxi can shoot such a high percentage three but can have games where he can't hit a three to save his life? Was he 0 for that 8 tonight? That is getting annoying. Was he 0 for 8 that tonight? That is getting annoying. I'm not going to lie. He was 0 for 8 tonight. I didn't even realize that. He's either, in the like the last month, he's either been on like on one or like he can't hit anything for the whole entire game. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that he missed at the end, like I said, we cut it to 12 and he was absolutely wide he open. He never misses that, bro. And then he's missing free throws. Yeah, we can't believe how many free throws we missed tonight. Well, what can you do? It was a a game that was weird from the start. 
Uh, I felt I felt like I didn't want to continue to watch it after about halfway through the first quarter. I just felt like bad things were going to happen. Bad things continued to happen. The Knicks tried to tried to nick. They tried to give us the game. We didn't want it. We shot ourselves in the foot several times, and then boom, it's a thirty-five point victory. I don't even know what the final score was, but yeah, that's all I got. I am DJ so this is Run It Back Philly. That is Romp at official Romp. Sixers talk with Romp on YouTube. Romp 2.0 on YouTube. And uh, I won't be around tomorrow, but uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for coming through, Romp. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, 